0: good morning everybody welcome to those online you're listening to freedom church at the palm beaches and we're glad you're there and uh, we're going to do what we always do let's begin in prayer okay all right father in jesus name lord we stand before you today lord i don't know you look at this world and it's up in an upheaval lord things are going haywire here and there uh, the darkness seems to be raining but father god you're really reigning. We, the believers in Jesus Christ, we believe and we know that you are in control. So, Father, we just give our this situation and our lives over to you. We give uh, our country over to you. Lord God, we give this world over to you. We know someday, according to Revelation, of course, it's going to be down during a time of tribulation, and angel's going to be flying around preaching the gospel. But, Lord, right now, you have assigned that assignment to us believers and father today you know we at freedom church will proclaim that as we dig into the bible today and every time we meet but father and the people father the the congregation of those that listen online our job is to take the gospel into all the world and make disciples and that's what we plan to do jesus told us very clearly don't shut up really and a parable and a um, paraphrase. He said in in this way, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. It doesn't need money. It needs hearts on fire and tears in your eyes to win this lost world and the lost people over to Jesus. Father, that's what I pray for today, that people would turn from darkness to light, from the kingdom of Satan to the kingdom of God, Lord God, And they would be saved from the pit by the grace of you, the mighty God and Savior Jesus. So we give you the glory. Lord, today, as we learn from your word, Lord God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to each and every one of us. I pray that that we would be uh, alive to what he has to say. We pray, Lord God, that our hearts will be warmed and fire will be evident in our lives by taking the gospel into our communities, into our friends, into our family, into our neighbors, and even to our enemies, and even all parts of the world. Father, to you be the glory. Lord, we want to hear from you today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We'll pray a little bit deeper and, and when I come back up to the pulpit to uh teach, but um I just want to let everybody know, for those online, again, you're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches. We're glad you're here. You can tune in every Thursday night at 7.15 and every Sunday at 10 a.m. like you're doing now. And stay tuned. You know, we're going to worship, we're going to pray, and we're going to uh, seek God's face. I'll be preaching from Second Chronicles 7 today, and a lot of you already know where I'm headed with that one. But, um, so, uh, listen... I want you to know that, you know, if you're online, you can check us all out. You can find out what we're all about by going to our, uh, the menu button and ch- clicking on, you know, about us. You can click on the leaders. You can click on a whole bunch of things and even a give button if you decide that you want to give to help uh, the gospel go out. Um, I know Matt and, Matt and Brett are supposedly back from Brazil yesterday. I'm not sh- exactly sure. But when they come back, we're going to be hearing some things that went on down there. So um, that's what your your uh, tithes and offerings do. You know, they support not only your church staff, but also your missionaries that, that you guys have chosen to support. So whatever church has chosen to support. I want you to know that you can feel safe here. This place is is uh, disinfected every every Saturday. For our Sunday service, we have masks in the back. You know, we have gloves in the back. For those of you that that want to, uh, you know, feel safe, you're not going to get any derogatory marks in any way, shape, or form. Just do what you need to do. Um, Let's see. Uh, We stream alive live the world, so I hope all you in other countries know English because we don't have a translator. Um, And everybody here... I was telling somebody yesterday that was new to the church. He came to the men's group. He was telling me about this church that he went to. He actually left the church because they were begging and begging for money. And I told him, I says, "We don't even we don't we've never taken an offering in this church." And he, his mouth hit the floor. And I said, "You know what? When we go to the tithe boxes every week, we find out whether God wants us to be here or not." You know, and he's been faithful for these six and a half years that we've already been here and the 14 years that we've been a been in existence. You know, the church has been in existence about eight years and uh, and uh, the church started from a Bible study, which was 14 years ago. And you know what? Here we are safe inside and, and we support missionaries and and praise God. God has taken care of us. So as far as I'm concerned, we're supposed to be here. Might not be this building next month or the month, the year, next year, but we're going to be here until the Lord comes back. I like what Ray has on his shirt today. If you look at the back of his shirt, since he makes T-shirts, he gets the privilege of coming up with all these cool things, him and, and Claudia. And on the back, he says, gee, uh, Santa Claus is com- is not coming this year, but Jesus Christ is. Or not, He didn't say year, but Jesus you know Santa Claus isn't coming but Jesus is so (laughs) that's cool that's not the exact phrase but you get the message world out there if you don't know Jesus he's coming again he promised he would and he will there's no doubt about it so praise the Lord Um, I think that's about it we're going to let Liz lead lead us in worship and one more thing um, there's Bibles in the back tracts in the back you can give them out to people take them home You know, this is life to people who read from it. Jesus said that, you know, come unto me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And God says, for I so loved you that I gave my only begotten son. And he demonstrated his love toward us. While we were yet sinners, Christ came and died for us. There's no doubt that God loves us. And we just want to love him back. So let's do that today as we worship and as we study the word of God.
1: Amen. Amen. God is good. All the time. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. For giving us the privilege to be here this morning. And may our praise and worship be acceptable to you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Just a quick reminder for everyone to please silence your cell phones. Hallelujah. Let's just quiet our minds, quiet our spirit and let the Holy Spirit just Allowed ourselves, to listen to the Holy Spirit, what he has to say to us, especially today. Amen. Amen. Those that are able to listen up and praise and worship the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Abba Father. We love you, Jesus we Thank you lord for your forgiveness for your grace for your love for your mercy
2: yes.
1: Nine twenty three. Do we believe? Do you believe? Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank
3: you. You. We praise you. In this time of desperation. All we know is doubt and fear.
1: Hallelujah for gospel.
2: Who has the power to raise the dead? Who can save? From our sin, He is our hope, our righteousness, Jesus, only Jesus.
1: hallelujah thank you hallelujah we surrender to you lord
0: Jesus, Amen, Amen. Lord, we do stand here before you with our hearts abandoned. Jesus said it very clearly in Luke nine twenty three. He said, "If any of you wish to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me." Well, we stand here, Lord, with our hearts abandoned. Our hearts are for you today and every day. We give ourselves to you, Lord. We worship you. And we believe in you. And we serve you. Lord, as we take in, look into your word today, pray that your Holy Spirit would show us and guide us and lead us that we might become the man, the woman, the children of God you want us to be. We have some work to do down here, as you well know. And, Lord, it begins with each one of us. So help us to abandon our lives because we're supposed to be dead. We're supposed to be crucified with Christ. It's no longer me that lives. It's supposed to be you living in me, just using my mouth, using our tongues, using our eyes, our speech, our actions, our integrity, Because we're little Christ, we're, we're children of you, the most high God, and we're called by your name as we're going to see today as we study in your word. So Lord, we abandon our hearts today as we look into your word and let you speak into us, into our very soul, into our very being, into our very spirit. And we might hear your voice clearly. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before we go on, I got I wanna uh, just uh, say a few things. For those of you who aren't here Friday night, you miss a good thing. We had two movie nights are already, and you would have swear you were at the movie theater. Only you're gonna see wholesome movies here. You know, we, we, Grace, Grace uh, organized, uh, and Lewis really organized this thing both times and just great things you, you know, you could go to the snack bar in the kitchen there. You can pull up your your Raisinets or your Milk Duds or your your uh, your potato chips, you know, or hot dogs, and you can, good you can, plenty. huh? Good and Plenty. Good and Plenty. That's it. I even did the Good and Buddy, buddy Choo Choo, you know, remember that? Good and plenty, good and plenty, you know. Anyway, uh, you miss a good thing. You know, it brings you back to your childhood. Well, you're learning good movies. You know, she showed uh, a movie on Esther called Such a, For Such a Time as This a few weeks back. And last night we saw, you know, the early years of Billy, or not last night, but Friday night. We saw the early years of Billy Graham and, uh, you know, cleared a lot of things up for me, really. I knew about his best friend, Joel, you know, Templeton. Charles Templeton and uh, I just you know I got a little more insight into that which was good um, so next time we have a movie night you know you can't go to the movies anyhow I think they're all closed aren't they pretty much you know here you know we got a sp- big enough square footage and a, and uh, enough people that you can keep your social distancing if you want and, um, and and you know the good point about it you don't have to pay a dime <laughs> you know so that's that's what's cool So, anyway, uh, next time we have a movie night, please, um, you know, um, come on by, okay? So, um, I do want to pray for our nation today because, you know, this uh, study is going to kind of go into that and, and it really talks about it starting with each one of us, you know, um the nation's going to go the way the people go the nation's going to go the way the king goes that's just a history as you read through the old testament you can see that as you study the israel you know as the king went so went the nations and uh we need to have uh, righteous people in government and we need to pray for that you know so we're going to pray uh, for our our government today because we're at a crossroads in our country and our government and um you can almost—you just watching the news and hearing people talk. You can almost picture the evil coming against the good. You can—you can see what Jeremiah talked about. They're calling evil good and good evil. I mean, it's—it's it's unbelievable. I can't believe it myself. It's happening in this generation, <coughs> and we need a righteous uh, president in there—one that's righteous through Jesus Christ, one that's living the righteousness. More so than the other, the one who doesn't have uh, agendas that can harm the people but help the people. They're there for us, you know, not for their own agenda, but for the people's agenda. So that's what kind of people we want in there. Um, so let's pray. Um, let's pray for our nation real quick. And I don't want you to think I'm siding with any particular one. I, ha- I know who I side with, but, um, you know, we want God's man or woman in the office. You know? So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, you you told us to pray without ceasing. Lord, we know that we're told in the scriptures to pray for our leaders. And Lord, we do. We pray for our president, Father God, and the Vice President. We pray that you, um, you know, what can I still say? Say keep these men strong and healthy, Lord. prevent people from coming against them in Jesus' name or trying to harm them in any way. Lord God, we lift them up before you, Father, when you, you speak through them, Lord God, and even through the House and through Congress, Lord. I pray that, that Congress and the House of Representatives would have a spiritual awakening, that they would realize what's evil and what's good, that your Holy Spirit would begin to speak to them, Father, and show them what is good and what is evil, and let them change sides, and come on to your side, Lord God. We need them. We need them to speak for the people, not for themselves. But we know that man's heart is, is deceitful and desperately wicked. They want their own way, Lord. But we want your way. The church of God wants your way. And some people would say Yahweh's way. Lord, that's what we want. We want you to reign in America. We want you to reign in Canada and Mexico and Puerto Rico and South America and North America, Lord, and and the Africa, and Asia. and Europe, Lord. We want you to reign, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And someday that's going to happen, but Lord, I pray that it be sooner than later. I can't wait till you reign from Jerusalem. I don't have to worry about unjust uh, laws and regulations. I know that you are the righteous judge and I know that you will love your people and not lord over them. So, Father, today we ask that your Holy Spirit would saturate your people who call themselves by your name. Saturate them with your Holy Spirit. And, Father, those that don't know you, that you would... Begin to—I know you've been speaking to them, but, but Lord, bring the harvest in, Father God, and let them, them uh, come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and then we'll be one step closer to You as we serve You in this nation. Father, to you be the glory. We bind back the devils, Lord. You told us our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's against rulers, against powers, against spiritual forces of wickedness, even in heavenly places like churches, like homes, a heavenly place, like this temple that I exist in. Father, but you also told us that there's not a weapon that the enemy can form against us that's going to prosper, and every tongue that accuses us in judgment We have the authority to condemn because this is our inheritance and our justification is in you, Lord. We've been justified by the precious blood of Jesus and the robe of his righteousness and the seal of your Holy Spirit. Today, Lord, we pray for safety for our our government, Lord. Keep them all safe. Anybody's planning evil to take any of them out, Lord, I pray that you, you uh, stop them in whatever way you can. I fear for people that disrespect life. And, Father, I'm a little concerned that your protection be upon our president, our vice president, and those that are in authority over us. Protect us from evil. In Jesus' name we pray, the King of Kings. Amen and amen. 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 Second Chronicles Chapter seven. Everybody knows well almost everybody knows the fourteenth verse of that chapter. But let me read this. Well let's let's. Uh, we're going to pray again. I'm going to pray something I wrote down here, that was inspired by someone I very much uh, love, a brother that's long gone now. He's with the Lord. So let's pray. Then we're going to read the first several verses of Second Chronicles seven. So let's pray one more time. Lord, as we look into this passage we're going to see that our eyes are dry. Our faith is cold. Our hearts are hard. And our prayers are cold. We know how it used to be. Alive to you and dead to me. Oh, what can be done with this cold heart like mine if you would soften it up with your oil and wine? The oil is you, Lord your spirit of love. Please wash me anew in the wine of your love. Lord, we don't want to have dry eyes. We don't want to have a dry eyes. We want to have eyes that shed tears. They're no longer dry. There's tears for the lost and the unfortunate in this country. Father, my faith And it would no longer be old, that it would be fresh and anew, like that day I was saved, that the day we were saved, fresh and anew, faith, faith that moves mountains out of the way. Even though it seems impossible, you told us that all things are possible in Christ. Father, I don't want my heart to be no longer hard. I want it to be soft and pliable. Your word, and Jeremiah tells us that your word is like a hammer that smashes rock. And Lord, if our hearts are hard like rock, I pray you bring the hammer down today and make our hearts pliable once again. Anxious to hear your voice. Lord, our prayers are cold. Father, we used to cry when we pray when we first were saved for our parents and our loved ones our children that didn't know you our neighbor the homeless on the street but now our prayers have gone cold we don't pray as much with that same fervency I pray Lord God that today our prayers are on fire with you they're no longer cold I pray that we'll remember how it used to be and not how it is today. Lord, we want to be alive to you once again, and we want to be dead to ourselves. We want to hear your spirit, Father God, as we study your word here today. We want to be alive to you. that our life makes sense again because we have a calling on our lives, each and every one of us, to preach the gospel and to make disciples in all nations. You know what? What can be done with this old heart, cold heart like mine? You can... Soften it up, Lord, with your oil and wine. Father, we come to you, I come to you in repentance. If I could repent for this nation, if I could give my life for this nation, I would. But Jesus already did. And they don't see it, and lots of people don't even care. All we got to do is come to the altar. All we got to do is call out to you with our whole heart. And then our hearts will be altered and renewed and refreshed and softened. Lord, as we study in Chronicles here, I pray that we, for the first time, get the message of the 14th verse and the following verses. Lord, Father, as I started, I don't want my eyes to be dry anymore, and I don't want my heart to be cold I want to look at the people in this world and say, I need to speak to them about Jesus. Lord, not a single one of us in this room can do that without the presence and the fervency of your Holy Spirit. So Holy Spirit, come into our hearts and saturate us that we might speak your words. That this world might finally see and understand that they need Jesus. Lord, I pray this in His holy name. Amen and amen. I'm going to read the uh, seventh chapter of uh, Corinthians. I kind of touched on it last week. You know, we did a little bit, so you're going to hear some things in the first part of this that we touched on. So, you remember, we talked about the Shekinah glory of God and how the fire fell from heaven, you know, um, on Elijah's sacrifice, um, you know, on, on the temple being dedicated to the Lord here in Solomon's time. And um, what happened, Israel's heart were cold. was cold, and their eyes were dry. They didn't care about anything anymore. And that's the way I see maybe a lot of people in America today and even in the world don't care about other people anymore we don't love any people other more our hearts are hard Our, our prayers are cold our eyes are dry when we pray we have Kleenex boxes all over this church and really very few people do I see using them it's not it's I want the spirit to speak to to bring tears to our eyes as we can see our failure As a nation, even though we have history that shows us this. You know, the old cliche that we learn nothing from history. Well, history is written in this book. And God's providing us a way out. And we get to the 14th verse. You know that. If my people who are called by my name. So let's read it and we'll see what's going on here. Now, when Solomon had finished praying... He's dedicating the temple to the Lord, the one that he had built, that his father David had had all the utensils built, but God wouldn't allow him to build the house. He said your son would do it. He had all the timbers. He had it all ready to go. He was the architect planner, and then Solomon put it all together. Solomon's now has it all together. He finished and he's praying. And now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifice and the glory of the Lord filled the house. That's the Shekinah glory. Wouldn't you love it right now if the Holy Spirit would come into this place so you could recognize him and the glory of the Lord just blow you out of this place? You would not have to cover your eyes because of his glory and righteousness. That's what's happening here. God entered a temple in the person of His Spirit, right? And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the house. You know, we could if that would happen here, the glory of the Lord would be shining through those windows. I don't care if there's blinds on it or not. I don't care about this door being here. The glory of the Lord will be shining out to all 60,000 people to drive by here every day. And they're going to say, what's going on at that little church? That's what's happening here. Israel saying, whoa, whoa is me. God is here. It proved to them that God exists. It proved to them that God has power and he has, he has the ability to answer prayer because Solomon just quit praying. A lot of us, when we pray, we forget we're praying and we, we think, oh, well, no big deal. We walk away and we forget about the prayer and we do a 20-minute prayer twenty second prayer and all of a sudden we're, you know, we think God's gonna answer. Well what happened to the fervency? What happened to the tears? What happened to to our our hearts that got hard over these years? Boy, if that would happen here today, I think all one of us would go out of this place a different person. We would. And when we would walk into publics or go to the restaurant, people say, What happened to you? I don't know you, but you're glowing. Like Moses' face shone when he came down from the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai and he had to cover his face with a veil. This is missing today in our Christianity for the most part. Not all, all of it, but for the most part. People used to say to me when I was first saved, what is going on with you? You're not the same person. Now I don't hear anybody say that. I really don't. And the, all the sons of Israel, seeing the fire came come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshipped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, "Truly He is good; truly His uh, uh, truly His loving kindness is everlasting." You know, I have people that tell me, and I maybe not so much this church, but they don't like it when people go up to the altar, throw their face on the floor, and cry before the Lord. What has happened to us? What has happened to us that we don't get down before the Lord and bow our faces? Yeah, we can come to the Lord because of what His sacrifice was that He opened, that we can come boldly before His throne. You can come boldly in humility and get down on the throne. A lot of people say, I don't like that person going to the altar. Why not? There, that person should be you. You should be submitted to you should be up at the altar with your hands, palms, face face to the floor like these guys. They had their faces down. You shouldn't be ashamed of that. You should say, Praise God, my church is alive. This is like the early apostolic church. I I want that. I need that. We lost something over these years. They put their faces to the ground. These are what they A lot of these guys were holy men, as you would call them back then. You know, they were priests and Levites. They had their face to the ground. That's humility. They humbled themselves before the Lord, and that's something that America needs to do. That's something each one of us needs to do. We need to know that 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 happened to you when you were born again. The Spirit fell down on you, and the glory of the Lord just filled your temple, this temple. And we worshiped the Lord. We didn't care if our parents would disown us. We didn't care if our, our wives or spouses left us. We were going to serve the Lord because you know why? He exists. And there's no reason why we can't have that reality in our hearts again today. Have our hearts once again soft and pliable and let the hammer of God's word come crashing down on our thirst on our on our stone hearts and make us alive again like we used to be alive to him and dead to me. God's power is being shown here His ability to answer prayer is being shown here because Solomon just quit praying. And they're saying, truly he is good and truly he is, his loving kindness is forever lasting. They knew he wasn't about to destroy them, they knew that he loved them. Then, verse 4 then the king and all the people offered sacrifice before the Lord. King Solomon offered a sacrifice of 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. Thus the king and all the people dedicated the house of the Lord and the priests stood at the posts, and the Levites also with an instruments of music to the Lord which the king David had made for the praising of the Lord for his loving kindness is everlasting. Listen, David had all the instruments of praise. There are a lot of people that don't like instruments of praise in the church. You shouldn't have a drum. You can't have a, a guitar. You couldn't have string. Read Psalm 150. You know, I think it's like five verses, you know, Psalm 150. You know, <laughs> David had all these instruments. Somebody blows a shofar in his church, we get complaints sometimes. Man, I think, I can't wait till the shofar blows. It reminds me that Jesus is coming back. And that's probably going to be the shofar he's blowing, not a man-made trumpet. You know, we got to get with the program. What happened to us? Whatever he gave praise by their means, while the priests on the other side blew the trumpets and all Israel was standing, they were standing before the Lord, and the Israel and the priests were blowing trumpets. And Solomon consecrated the middle of the court that was before the Lord, for there he offered burnt. Offerings and the fat of peace offerings because the bronze altar which Solomon had made was not able to contain the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat. Look at He offered so many animals, you know, the altar just couldn't handle it. He had to make other altars out and cook out food because this was a feast. This was a feast that was supposed to last seven days, only it lasted 14 days before Solomon sent them home. They, they, they sacrificed to the Lord, you know, peace offerings, you know, burnt offerings, okay, and the people had a feast, and they had fat offerings, and they had a feast there, and they fed with all this, all of Israel got fed with this. It was a, a party like you've never seen. So when you see the glory of the Lord fall on this place, we're going to have a party like you've never seen they will realize that Jesus Christ is the sacrifice once for all, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, and he did. So Solomon, verse 8, observed the feast at that time for seven days, and all Israel with him very greatly assembled who came, did i right page, yeah, entrance Ahamoth Hamath and the brook of Egypt, On the eighth day, they held a solemn assembly for the dedication of the altar, and they observed seven days and the feast seven days. So 14 days so far. Then on the 23rd day of the seventh month, he sent all the people to their tents rejoicing and happy of heart because of the goodness that the Lord had shown to David and to Solomon and to his people Israel. So They were rejoicing. 14-day party. Can you imagine? I've never been to anything like that. But this is a righteous party. This is a righteous party. They were glorifying God Almighty. I have a feeling if we did that right now, Antifa would show up and try to shut us down. But we can't be shut up. We're the church of God. We can't shut up. We're like the early church where it said, I don't care. I, in God, we live, we move, we have our being. I can't stop preaching. I can't stop talking about my wonderful Lord. You realize if you're on this earth 70, 80, 90, 170 years, you, you're, you're going to heaven. You're going to live for eternity. That's something to rejoice about. That's something to really rejoice about. Verse 11. Thus Solomon finished the house of the Lord and the king's palace and successfully completed all that he had planned on doing in the house of the Lord and in his palace. Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. This is the second time that God spoke to to, uh, Solomon. It's the second time. You'll find that in Second Kings 9 also, which we're going to go there probably and read. It's pretty much a duplicate a duplicate of what we're going to read here. But there, there's one word I like in there that I'm going to show you that, that that I like that that brings out a little more detail to the passage. Here's God saying, I have heard your prayer. Here's, there's a good thing, us people who pray to God, we need to know that God does hear our prayer. Okay? If it... If he doesn't answer right away, just wait on the Lord, and he will answer it, okay? Then the Lord appeared to Solomon at night and said to him, I have heard your prayer, and I have chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. Now, look, God chose the temple in Jerusalem as his place, his temple. But we're going to see that, you know, today it doesn't exist, right? We're going to see why as we move through this, okay? He has chosen his place for himself. Another thing, this tells you that that Jerusalem is God's place. This tells you that Israel is God's nation. This tells you that Messiah who was promised to Israel will come and did come. And the Messiah that was promised to come in great glory will come again, as we know. A lot of Israel missed the first coming, and they don't recognize Messiah. Some of them do. We had several here for many years that, that had known. I have chosen this place for my house of sacrifice. If I shut up the heavens, that there is no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. he saying, no matter what, this is my land. This is my city. This is my country. And then he goes on, and my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. God was saying when the when the when the when the glory of the Lord came down, he was saying this which I hope we all hear someday. He was saying to Solomon, well done, my good and my faithful servant. He did it. He did it. He did all that was in his heart. Can you see Solomon's heart now? Taking after daddy. But he somehow lost that as in later years, as you well know. We just read. Okay, no, we didn't read that yet. We're going to get there. But listen. If my people, that's a reference to the Jews. It's also a reference to Christians who believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. If my people, because the seed of Abraham is not just the physical seed, it's the spiritual seed. We are the spiritual seed that believe in Jesus, whether you're Jew or Gentile. We are the spiritual seed. So this is a reference for us. Who are the Jews? They're the people of Israel, and they are the people who believe in Messiah. Messiah, if, and he says, my people, not only that, but my people is also a reference to anyone who acknowledges God's name and authority. Like Rahab. Remember we just studied Rahab? Rahab, when, when Joshua, uh, when well, the spies went into the land, okay? Well, I don't know who they were, but I think they were Joshua and Caleb. They went into the land and the check it out. Okay, but the other uh, this is a separate time, I believe. But in Joshua two eight through fourteen, she came to the roof, Je- Rahab because the spies they knew the spies were in the city and they wanted to capture them. She came up to the roof and said, uh, um, and said to them, "This is the spies that they were looking for, and she had hid them." I know that the Lord has... Here's what she says. I know that the Lord has given you this land and that the terror of you has fallen on all of us. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea before you when you came out of Egypt and what you did to the two kings of the Amorites who were beyond the Jordan, Shiloh Shiloh and Gog, who you utterly destroyed when you heard our... When we heard, our hearts melted, and no courage remained in any of us any longer because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God. This is Rahab, and you know what she's saying? What he's saying? If you put your faith in God like that, you know, you are also God's person. You are God's people. If my people... It would be the Jews. It would be the Christians. It would be anyone that became a proselyte and believed in the God of Israel. She didn't just say that. She said, the Lord your God, He is God in heaven and above, and the one on earth beneath. She said, spare us, my father, my mother, my sisters, my brothers, and all that belong to them. And they said, our lives for your life, because she just saved their lives. And remember, I said it a couple of weeks ago, she's re- she's talking about the Red Sea being parted. You know that it was 40 years later, right? 40 years later, she's still remembering this. Israel's God is God. It also says in Second Chronicles 6, 32 and 33, concerning the foreigner are not from your people coming from afar, country for your great name sake when they come and pray then hear I will hear from heaven and do according to all in order that all people of the earth may know that your great name and fear you like your people Israel that they may know that this house which I have built is called by your name He's talking about anybody that comes into this city and he sees this temple that's been built for Jesus, for God's name. He, they, You know, they're, they're saved. In other words, their heart is calling out if you believe in your heart. And that's what he's saying here. And we have a bunch of places, things like that in the scriptures. You know, Rahab, there's Ruth. Ruth, she was a Gentile. She was a... Moabites. The Moabites were, te- were were cursed to the 10th generation. Ruth is the great-grandmother of King David. How did she do it? Because she told Naomi, she said, your people are my people and your God is my God. She was a believer in Jesus. She became the great-grandmother of King David. Naaman, the Syrian general who had leprosy, came to Elisha and he was healed. He dipped in the Jordan River seven times. You remember that. And he went back home to tell his king in Syria, I'm no longer going to worship these false gods. I'm going to sacrifice only to the God of Israel. He's now a proselyte. He, These are God's people. You have Nicodemus in the New Testament that finally realized that Jesus was was the Messiah and he was born again, just like Jesus told him. It was Nebuchadnezzar in the Old Testament even. Maybe he spent seven years as a living as a wild beast. He raised his eyes to heaven and he said, The Lord of Israel is God. You might see ne- Nebuchadnezzar, that evil king in the kingdom of heaven. You know. There's many more in the Scriptures. I did a whole teaching one time on born again, and I showed you in the Old Testament people were born again too. They just weren't born again when the Spirit falls and enters them like they do, they do us. But when they put their faith in the God of Israel, they were became His people. So anyone out there, whether you're Catholic or Protestant, if you really believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, there should be a change in your life. Otherwise, you're just mouthing words. And words don't mean too much without the heart speaking from within. So you need to realize that, let's just don't ponder, oh, Jesus is God, I believe it. No, no, no. Live for Him. He died for you. You're supposed to be dead anyhow. Jesus told you that. These people became proselytes because they put their faith in Jehovah, the God of Israel. They followed Him with their heart's devotion to Him. Then he goes on, who are called by my name. That's also a reference to all those that I just told you. In the New Testament, we find out that God reveals Himself in His Son, Jesus Christ. And since God, in the Old Testament, is identified by Christ. Okay, you remember Philip when he asked... uh, Jesus, in John chapter 14, verse 8. Jesus, show us the Father. And I love that passage, because Jesus is very clear. Philip, 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 Philip. I like to add dramatics to this. Philip, 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 have I been so long with you, you don't even recognize me? He was healing the sick, raising the dead, feeding the the 5,000 and the 4,000. He was calming the sea. Philip, don't you see don't you see me? God of Israel, Messiah is identified by Jesus Christ. As I tell you all the time, everybody says God bless you. Just go out Sunday and say God bless you in Christ Jesus, and see what the reaction you get. Because a jo- God is a relative term. God is identified in His Son, Jesus Christ. You have just identified the true, the one, and the only God that every knee is going to bow for before, and every tongue is going to confess that He is Lord. Amen. John, first chapter, the tenth verse, and onward says, He was in the world, God was in the world, and the world did not know Him, the world, the whole world, And those who were his own, the Jews, did not receive him. But as many as did receive him, he gave you the right to become the children of God. If my people who are called by my name, you are a Christian. We are children of God, says John. In 1 John three two, we are children of God, and it hasn't appeared to us what we shall be. But we know that when He appears, Jesus appears, we're going to be like Him. We're going to be just like Him when He entered the room on the on the on Resurrection Sunday in the evening. You know, we're going to be just like Him. How did He appear there? Just He just appeared. We don't know. He didn't open a door. He just appeared. Eight days later, we see that he goes right up to Thomas and he says, stick your hand in my wounds, Thomas, and see if it's not I. You know, we're going to be just like him. We're going to be just like him. We're Christians. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves, humble themselves. Some people just won't bow their knee before Jesus. I see people in this church sometimes when we sing a song that talks about bowing your knee. I see people get their knees on the ground. That is awesome. That is awesome. A lot of people don't even pay attention to that. They say in a worship song, raise your hands, and I see the hands go up. You know, if my people will humble themselves and pray, humble themselves. You know prayer is humility. Did you know that? That's it. Isaiah 66, 2. God says this. It's the last chapter of uh, Isaiah. To this one I look, says God, he who is humble, contrite of spirit, and trembles at my word. I'm hoping people are trembling out there today. This is God's word. I remember the first time I picked it up in Vietnam. I trembled when I read it. I really did. I was trembling. It was a little Gideon Bible, about that big. I had good eyes then. It worked better. But um, listen, I literally trembled when I read that word. For some reason, I knew in my spirit Jesus Christ was Lord. I did have the planting in, in my Christianity as a Catholic, a Roman Catholic. I did have a respect for Jesus, but I didn't realize who he was at that time. Over there, when I read the Bible, I'm shaking. You know, and six years later, when I gave my life to the Lord, I finally realized why I was shaking, because I was in the presence of Almighty God. Humility is prayer. Humility is being willing to come to the altar and bow down, put your face to the ground and cry out to the Lord, and grab a Kleenex if you need it. What happened? Our eyes are dry. Our hearts are cold. Our, we're just, we just changed. How did it happen? I guess it's like that frog you put in water and it's cold and then you turn up the heat and he just boils to death because he doesn't even notice the change. Now, maybe our eyes are dry and maybe your faith is old. Your heart's hard and your prayers are cold. You need to change it. You need to change it today. We need to humble ourselves, be willing to bow before the Lord. You're going to bow anyhow. Philippians 2.10 tells you that. Whether you know Jesus Christ or not out there, you're going to bow someday before Jesus whether you like it or not. So you might as well bow willingly now because every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And it even goes on to say those in the earth, those under the earth, and those above the earth. Now, he's covering all bases here. Paul's telling the Philippian church, you know, everybody is going to bow before you, before the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's get with the program, Humble Yourself World, and pray. Prayer is an admission that you need something, and it's humility. Humility. But we got to remember this. You don't say prayers like, bless me, Lord, bless me, Lord. That's all I ever hear. No one aches. No one cares, cries. No one even sheds one tear. But he cries, he weeps, he bleeds, and he cares for your needs. And we just lay back and just soak it in. We've changed. We've moved the wrong direction. We need to seek him. We need to pray. We need to humble ourselves. Humble ourselves. All right, we need tears back in our eyes. We need our heart to be broken when you see a, a, uh, a homeless person on the street. What happened to us? We know how it ought to be. But somehow, we lost it. Maybe not all of us. I'm not speaking to all of us. I'm speaking to those that the Holy Spirit's speaking to. We know that prayer shows faith, too. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Prayer shows faith. And then you've got to seek His face. Listen. You seek His face with tears. You seek His face... A renewed faith you seek his faith by your his face by unhardening that heart of yours that turned cold over the years and the prayers now it's all about me as I said the Keith Green song the lyrics I just quoted bless me Lord bless me Lord God says that's all I ever hear where's the aching where's the tears Where'd they go? I used to cry, not so much anymore. That's why I want the Holy Spirit to fall on this place and the glory of the Lord to shine out onto the street. We've been here in this building for six and a half years, and we really haven't grown that much. People came, people go, but we, have, we seem to remain about the same size. But if the glory of the Lord would show up here because all of us uh, who call called ourselves by his name will humble themselves and pray and seek his face then god's going to hear from heaven and maybe the glory of the lord will shine in such a way on this place and every newscaster in florida be right here at our front door and they're all coming for the wrong reason i'm going to tell you that right now but some of them will have a cold uh, a nice heart that's ready to go ready for the lord which is good if you seek His face, you're longing for Him. I see Christians that don't, they want to stay down here forever. They don't they don't care about, you know, the trumpet blowing and Jesus taking us up into heaven. You know, if you're going to long for Him, I can't wait to the trumpet signs. I hope I don't finish this message. Because I want to see that I want the Lord to come. I could care less if my daughter's getting married next week, or or there's a big party the week after that, or I don't care if, I would have had the best Christmas tree in the world this Christmas. No, I don't care. I want to see Jesus. I want to long for him. That's intimacy. That's like you longing for your engaged spouse. And you are, by the way, engaged to the Lord. You should be ready for that and willing to for that to seek his face. You want to be with him. I want to be. At my dad's funeral, I got to speak in the Catholic Church before they threw me out, almost threw me out. <laughs> I you know, I, tell, I told him this, I said, you know, I love my dad. My dad and I got along great. My dad taught me how to use my hands for artwork and talent, and he was a barber. I never went that direction, but I went into the art field, and my dad took a little course, helped me out with it, and when I was like eight years old, you know, he did that. I loved my dad, but my dad didn't like my new fond faith, but we were still good friends. I love my dad. I wanted to be with, with, like you wanted to be with your dad when you were little, you know. You wanted to be with him. I want to be with him. I said at my dad's funeral, I told my cousins and aunts and uncles, I said, you know what? I love my dad to death. But after I hugged Jesus for about a thousand years, next person I'm going to is my dad. Because I want you to see that comparison, that love. That's the kind of love we should have for our Father in heaven. To seek Him with all of our heart. Wanting to be with Him. Hungering and thirsting for Him. And that's why Jesus was so so adamant about, If any of you are thirsty, let them come to me and drink. I'll give you the living water, He told the woman at the well. I'll give you living water. You need to seek his face and you know how you do that? You turn your life over to him and you will see his face for the first time, if you've never had before. You'll be born again and you'll see life in a whole new element. Because some people get radically saved and some people kind of like drift right into it. But you're gonna be you can look back at your life and say, Wow, did I change? And then four, turn from your wicked ways. Listen, turn from your wicked ways. That means walk uprightly. That means no lying, no cheating in business, no foul words. That means being righteous. Walk aright before God. Why? Because you're going to please Him. Turn from your wicked ways. You need to be following Him because if you're one of His people, you need to act like Him. A lot of Christians today, they just say, oh, man, I'll just sin and I'll just repent. That's not the attitude to have. God said, what should I, or Paul said, what should I say then? Should I continue in sin that grace may abound? And then he answers the question, God forbid. May it never be. So just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you can tell one lie. No, you do the best you can. If you tell a lie, you know it's covered. But you don't willingly walk and flaunt into it and turn from their wicked ways. And then, again, I hinted to Jeremiah in 2.13, where he says, If my people have committed two evils, they forsook him, me, the, the fountain of living water. And Jesus was saying that in John chapter 7. You know, if any of you are thirsty, come to me and drink. I am the fountain of life. Isaiah says in 12.2 or 12.3, he's the, the well of salvation. It's Jesus. It's the water, the water of God. They have committed two evils. We need to get away from that. You quit forsaking the Lord out there, all of us. The, the result is that God will hear from heaven. He'll hear your prayer of humility, the longing you have for him, The repentant spirit that you have? Let's go to the 15th verse. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. For now I have chosen and consecrated this house that my name may be there forever and my eyes and my heart will be there perpetually. As for you, listen to this, if You walk before me as your father David walked, even to do according to all that I have commanded you, and will keep my statutes and my ordinances. Then I will establish your throne as I coveted, with your father David saying you shall not lack a man to be ruler on the throne of Israel but if you turn away forsake my statutes and my commandments and i have set be- that i have set before you and go out and serve other gods and worship them then i will uproot you from my land which i have given you, and this house, which I have consecrated for my name, I will cast out of my sight, and I will make it a proverb and a byword among the people. As for this house, which was exalted, everyone who passes by it will be astonished and say, Why has the Lord done this to this land and to the house? And they will say, Because they forsook the Lord the God of their fathers who brought them from the land of Egypt and adopted other gods and worshipped them and served them. Therefore, he brought all this adversity on, on them. If you went to First Kings chapter 9, I said I was going to read that, but I'm just going to, because for time's sake, I'm just going to tell you what God said there, he said in here, it's the same passage over and over over again, but he said, I will turn this place into a heap of ruin. A heap of ruin. And you know the temple don't exist today, right? When the fire fell on Solomon's day and, and, and lit the candlesticks and fell and lit the, the t- candlesticks, you know, it lasted for 274 years until it was snuffed out in 70 A.D. because the people didn't recognize the day of their visitation. And that was the Messiah of Israel. They didn't recognize the day of visitation. They didn't follow after God. Just like they didn't keep um, God's statues. Even Solomon backed off in the later years of his life when he married all these foreign women and he began to worship other gods and even build temples of sacrifice for them it began early he we he they he, i don't want that to happen to us any of us in this place we have an important that's an important word i should say if if is very important Every time you see an if in the scriptures it means there's a consequence if you don't do it then number six of that verse 14, forgive their sin. And we know it's Psalm and all through the Scriptures, blessed is the man whose sin is forgiven. How does their sin get to forgiven? You know, by repent, each one of you, and be baptized in the name of the Lord for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You'll forgive their sins if we repent. Israel didn't repent. They went down the wrong way. They forsook the Lord of their of salvation, of their their the God of their God, the God of Israel. They forsook him. Acts 3:19 also tells us, "Therefore repent." I preach repentance every week, and I know a lot of churches don't, but I preach it almost every week because it's important. If you don't repent, you won't even be saved you got to turn from your wicked ways. All of us. And that's what Paul's, well, not Paul, but it's Mark that's writing the book of Acts. He says, therefore, repent and return. This is only the third chapter of the book of Acts. The church just got started. He's not only talking to the Jews, but he's talking to the, the, the Christians, too, that have backslidden a little bit. Repent and return that your sins may be forgiven, that that refreshing might come upon you. Repent and return. That's what he's saying today to the world. Repent and return, world. Repent and return, America, to the Lord God Almighty. Get rid of Antifa and all these idiot places that do stupid stuff. How do they even justify them? Their hearts are evil, and they want to do evil things. And they'll do anything to stay evil but we who are seeking after God our hearts are chasing after him and uh, we don't want to do evil anymore at least I don't I get upset every time I do something wrong sin can't enter the kingdom of heaven church Jesus said in Matthew 5 20 unless our righteousness exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That was also a compliment, but it was also, hey, your righteousness, scribes and Pharisees, isn't good enough. I'm going to die for you. Sin has no place in the kingdom of God. And then number seven, he will heal our land. What does healing our land mean? You know, it's contemplating that. Healing our land. It could mean, well, it does, I suppose, speak of peace instead of, like we have right now, unrest. It speaks of security. And now, America is really unstable. I don't know if you noticed that, but I'm noticing that. It's unstable. Well, we need to if my people are called by my name, Yeshua, I will and humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. How, what else could that mean? It could mean plenteous crops instead of famine coming. Listen, people are already rushing out to buy toilet paper. Did you know that? It, you know, and it forces people like us that that know better to go get it because you won't get it. It's not that you're fearing you need toilet paper. It's just that they created a crisis. America's plenteous. They're putting all this fear and doubt and ungodliness into our nation, and we need to stop it. We need to pray. It could mean... A righteous government, hmm, something we're finding out a lot about right now. That swamp, well, my dad, my dad's been dead for 22 years, but back in the 80s, my dad was telling me, you know, those, those political officials, they're all out for themselves. Vote them all out, that's what he used to tell me, vote them all out. It could mean a righteous government, our government is corrupt, it's a shame. And there's other lands of America, I should say, out parcels of America, that they're as corrupt as uh, also. And there's other governments that are corrupt, as you as you well know. It could mean that we might, if we, if we do these things, we would once again have integrable leaders. But we don't have integrable leaders right now. Very few. There are few, and I know them, and I can't name them, and I don't want to name them. But you know there are, there are ones that believe and they're seeking God's face and they're humbling themselves and they're praying. Uh, Healing our land could mean rest from wars on all sides. It could mean the stop of looting, burning, killing, which is happening. God could heal our land. How? If we humble ourselves and pray and seek his face, then he'll hear from heaven, forgive our sins, and heal our land. We have a responsibility. God will do what he promises, but we have a responsibility. We could have good neighbors that actually come over and cut your grass if you're sick. That could be a healing for the land. And the people, we can have righteous people in this nation. People that don't call evil good and good evil. We know that. There's a a platform, there's two platforms out there, and, and you know which is which. Some of them call good evil and evil good. Some of them call good good and evil evil. Then he goes on in the 15th verse. My eyes will be open, my ears attentive. If you do these things, in other words, he's going to hear you. He's going to hear you loud and clear. If you walk before me, 17 verse 17, before me as your father David walked, even to do all that I have commanded you, and you will keep my statutes and my ordinances, then I will establish your royal throne as I convened with your father David. Here's here's the lesson, verse 19, but if you turn away and forsake my statues and my commandments and go and serve other gods, guess what, and worship them and serve them before he has brought all this advers- put all this adversary on them. Listen, if we forsake him and go away in the wrong direction, we got a we're going to have a responsibility to pay. How have we turned away here in America? Let's look at a few points. We have re- redefined the Ten Commandments. We have redefined it. It's okay to murder now. It's okay to murder. By removing the Ten Commandments from the courthouses, taking God out of the Pledge of Allegiance, taking prayer out of schools, we're going to get what we deserve if we don't watch ourselves. But there's a remnant like us that's holding on to Christ, holding on to God's commandments. And either God's going to come in like he did with Lot and rescue us or he's going to come back and take us. They want to take I even think in God we trust off our money. I know God's a relative term but at least we we didn't go too far. and verse and this house I will cast out of my sight and like I said Second Kings 9 says I will make it a heap of ruins and we know that's what happened in 70 AD 70 AD I think it was Titus the Roman Emperor Titus had it destroyed and they pushed off every stone from upon another just like Jesus said why did they do that? Because the temple had lots of gold on it. The whole east side was covered with gold. And the fires melted the gold, and the gold got down into the, the crevices, into the where the mortar would be, because there was no mortar in those days. Those stones fit perfectly. But the gold ran down, and in there they had to take off the rocks to scrape the gold out, because that's where the soldiers got their bounty. He said he'll cast it out. And what happened, Israel was separated for 2,000 years. Well, 1,948 years. No, subtract 70. You get the message. And it it doesn't exist anymore, just like God said. Because they adopted other gods, as we did here in America, are because of pride. America is full of pride because of rejection of God's commandments, because we forsook God's heart, because we refuse to repent. I guess Billy Graham's message really hit me. (laughs) Because they refused to recognize the day of Christ's visitation into Israel. They didn't recognize him. We do. Praise God. Because they rejected Messiah. They actually had him killed, not just the Jews, but the Romans and even me. Because I sinned. Because they did not turn from their wicked ways. This is messages for not just the United States of America, it's good for every nation on the face of the earth and the church. We haven't guarded the flame. And our eyes dried up. Our faith got old. Our prayers got cold. Our hearts got hard. We need to change this today. I'll end it here shortly. I want your tears to come back to your eyes and my eyes, and I might want my hearts to be soft again. Again, I love lyrics to songs because they tell stories, as you well know. The old rugged cross tells a good story. The blood of the lamb, all that tells a good story, but I like Keith Green. His song asleep in the light. This is the church today, and we better wake up, and we better wake up fast. Do you see? Do you see all these people sinking down? Look out there! All those people looting and crying and and burning and killing. Do you see? Do you see these people sinking down? Don't you care? Don't you care? Are you going to let them drown? How can you be so numb? To care if they come. Not to care if they come. You just close your eyes and pretend the job's done. And you keep praying, bless me, bless me, Lord. You know, that's all I ever hear. No one ever aches, no one ever hurts, no one ever sheds one tear. But I, God's crying, I weep, I bleed, and I care for your needs. But you just keep and lay back and just soak it in. Oh, can't you see this is such sin? because he brings people to your door and you just turn them away as you smile and say, God bless you. Be at peace. And all heaven just weeps. Because Jesus came to the door and you left him on the street. And open up, church. Open up and give yourself away. You see the need. You hear the cries. How can we delay? God's calling you're the one, but like Jonah you run. He told you to speak, but you just keep holding it in. Can't you see it's just sin? The world's sleeping in the light, the sleeping in the dark and the church just can't fight because it's asleep in the light. We're asleep in the light of Christ. How can we be so dead when we've been so well fed? Jesus rose from the grave. You can't even get out of bed? Are you kidding me? Like I said, Billy Graham must have really hit me. (laughs) Why can't we get out of bed? The world's dying out there. You know what? Some of them are your relatives. Some of them might be your children. Some of them might be your neighbor who you love. Some of them might be your enemy. You know you still don't want to go there. We pretend the job's done. God's saying, come away, come away, come away with me, my love. Come away from the mess. Come away with me, my love. Come away, come away, come away with me. So listen, if you aren't with Jesus today, you need to come to him. You need to guard that flame that was once in your heart. You need to sweep out the ashes in your life. You need to keep the draft open by reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God and going to church and being encouraged and edified and strengthened. And you need to put more fuel on your fire. Hang around Christians that are alive and seeking God and love Him with all their your their heart. You need to hang with those people instead of the people you're hanging with. Some of the people that are maybe. Influencing you to cuss and to swear to cheat and deceive to lie You might want to start preaching to them instead of becoming like them Remember the sermon I had about Peter You know he followed Jesus from a distance He ended up in the enemy camp Warming himself at the fire And then when they became to swear that he was one of the disciples, he cussed and sweared right along with them, and he became just like them. Well, those days should be over for the Christian church. Those days should be over for me, and they should be over for you. So if you want to make them over for you, anybody online, just get down on your knees, throw your hands in the air and mostly your heart in the air, and cry out to the Lord and tell him to give you a soft heart and tears for your eyes. And for any of you here to want to renew your faith, I'll be up at the altar. So come up. Come away. Come away, says the Holy Spirit. Come away to Him through Christ. All right, let's pray. I'll stay up here till for a while. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, I pray that You wake some of us up that heard this message today. I have a feeling most of it's going to be online. But, Lord, that's okay. We need to liven up ourselves here. Lord, we need, we need you. We want our eyes to be moist. We want our faith to be new. We want our hearts to be soft. And we want our prayers to be on fire if we slipped back from the way we used to be, I pray that you make us alive again in you and dead to me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. God bless the church. I love you all. That, Friday, the reminder I didn't touch on it in the announcements, but this Friday is the woman's Bible study, okay. And the next Sunday, af- next Friday after that is the day after Thanksgiving, so that will be canceled. As far as the men's groups concerned, on Saturday, that's still up in the air, okay. The men want to meet, some, um, you know, so we'll see
2: what happens. All right, all right.